Everyone has a relationship with gender. What's your story? Hello and welcome to Gender Stories with your host, Dr. Alex Yantafi. Welcome to another episode of Gender Stories. And as ever, I am delighted and excited to introduce our guest. And today uh, we have Gender Mjoster with us, who is a trans mask AUDHDR disabled content creator with comfy, cozy, moderated spaces. And they really do. 500 gazillion things, so I don't even know how to summarize it in your bio. That's fair. So, <laughs> Me neither. I ran out of characters. That's why it's like half a word. It's like a bunch of shortened half words. So as, as a fellow AUDHD, I really feel the doing too many things, but I would love for you to start by saying some of the things that you do, because you do so many wonderful things from podcasting to streaming to uh, mutual aid. So yeah, give us an overview of all the wonderful things that you do. Sure. Um, you know, the a, a friend of mine helped me summarize this recently as an online peer support network mm-hmm. for um, disabled trans people. I might have missed the word intersectional in there, but um it's it's basically if you think of any LGBTQ center in any major town, you walk in and there's a bunch of stuff going on, right? There's like, there's the living room where you can kind of hang out. There's a special event schedule. They have special pride events, what have you. Maybe they have mental health services or, um, you know, medical services for people accessing HRT or surgeries. And it's all kind of happening in one place, right? It's a community building. And so... Um, the combination of like the gender Meowster brand and Meowster's Clouder, which is our discord server is an online version of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is like 15 projects in a trench coat. <laughs> um, but it all serves the greater purpose of um, taking care of the trans community and all of our intersectional identities along the way. That is beautiful. I also love the description of 15 projects in a trench coat. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I feel familiar with that. <laughs> well, let's start from kind of one of maybe most straightforward project, which is your podcast, which is the Genderful Podcast. Sure. And I'm always curious because there actually are, there are not that many podcasts run by uh, trans podcasters. And so I'm always mm-hmm. curious about when you started it, why you started it, what was your intention with the Genderful podcast? Yeah, all of those yeah, questions. Totally. <laughs> well, I I started streaming nearly three years ago. It'll be three years in July of 2023. Um, I started streaming nearly three years ago because we were making tabletop games that were really fun. And I wanted to share our like trans queer storytelling with the world because I'm like, you know, we're telling queer stories. This needs to be documented. Um, well, Eventually, um, just burnout and, you know, a bunch of stuff happened, including Dungeons and Dragons being racist and a lot of anti-racism mm-hmm. back in uh, 2020. And as a group, we decided, okay, we're going to take a break from this. We're going to do some research and figure it out, whatever. And, um, you know, we did find some other, some other like game systems to try out. And we just got to a point where we were just tired. 
We just couldn't mm. keep producing that type of show. And so I realized I needed to pivot and I had already gotten a taste for making podcasts and how fun that can be. Um, you know, for me as an ADHD person, it's way easier to listen to something while I'm doing things than yes. to like sit and read a book with my face or just like be still and do one thing. It's like, I need to be doing three things at once always. Like, <laughs> so podcasts are a great way to do that. I don't know that. what you're talking about. I'm yes. yes. I, have my, my I have my fidget too. <laughs> Mine's not quite as gay colors as yours, but um, I have my little thing. I'm squishing in my hands. It's quieter than other toys. So I like to use this one when I'm doing podcasts. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to capture stories of gender diverse people, but also I wanted to focus on our special interests because mm -hmm. so often the trans and I'm using trans expansively here, not just trans, like all gender diverse, blah, blah, for me is lumped into trans. Not everybody agrees on that. Um, but I'm just going to use it as a shorthand so that I don't have to say all of that again. <laughs> the rest so of the day. <laughs> you don't want to say trans and or non-binary and or gender expansive every time. Right. No. Right. Or a gender or oh, by gender. Right. So yes. many, so many genders. Um, for more information on all of that, you should read Alex and Meg's book about gender. It's Thank you. great. There's an audiobook <laughs> version that you can listen to while you do your Legos. That's what I did. Um, it's wonderful time. <laughs> Thank you. I know I'm so excited that we convinced our publisher to do an audio version of that book. I'm trying to convince oh, them to do so more good. audiobooks. <laughs> audio, always audiobooks forever. That's my mm -hmm. opinion. It's such an important accessibility need. Like, yes, you know, if you're writing about neurodivergence, you just should always do an audiobook. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion that nobody asked for, but I'm getting it anyways. No, um, I like it because yeah. you know, I how many how many books have I read with my face in the last year? in the last decade, maybe one, maybe mm. how many audiobooks have I listened to? Probably three to 20 a year, depending on which year we're talking about in the last 10 years. So mm. it's just, it's way easier for me to listen to a book and I'll re-listen to books too. Cause they're so fast. It's like, Oh my God, I can read a book in five hours. Are you kidding? Just listen to this on a long drive. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, so I, I wanted to, to make the show because mm -hmm. I wanted, um, to not only tell our stories, which is important because we need more representation in the world, but to, to invite people to talk about our special interests. Because mm -hmm. when I realized I was non-binary, um, I, I had this other pile of identities crash in on my head over time as I, as I found myself in that awakening. Like I was like, Oh, I'm autistic. Oh, I'm ADHD. Oh, I'm pansexual. Oh, I'm sort of also a gay man sometimes. Oh, maybe there's some like plurality, something, something going on there too. I don't know. Like, it's just like, ah. so part of me is a gay man, but then part of me is a lesbian, but then also part of me is pan. And that's a fun time. Um, you know, it's <sighs> gender is a journey. So is sexuality. And, um, you know, so often if, if we're represented at all in major media, it's either our coming out stories or it's tragedy. And so mm -hmm. I just want to like be a little guy, like, let's just be little guys together, like be cute and do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I feel like talking about our special interests, not only is, is the, the Venn diagram of um, like neurodivergent people, like, and trans people, almost a circle. It's almost a circle. That's real. It's almost <laughs> yes. a circle in the Venn diagram. <laughs> so most of us can info dump about something. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Most of us have a special interest that we can just go on and on forever about because we're excited. And so I figured spending time with trans people, not only hearing their stories and how they got to where they are today, but also have them talk about their interests. Um, it, it highlights trans joy. It mm-hmm. highlights trans thriving. Like not only do we get to educate each other about things, like there have been people, but like, I have no idea what plurality is. And then now we've done a few episodes. They're like, Oh my gosh, I know so much more now, but like, it gives us an, an opportunity for us to be in a trans space, but that's not the point. Like the point mm-hmm. is whatever our special interest is and getting to share our hobbies with one another or share our special projects or what have you. And um, we get to be whole people holistically. It's not just about the identity, but it's like that identity piece being established first is kind of what makes the space safe for us to coexist because there's all of this stuff that we culturally understand we understand dead names. We understand misgendering. We understand like that people might want different flavors of gendered compliments, regardless mm-hmm. of their gender presentation. And it might be important to know someone's like preferences and keep track of that and have a culture around keeping track of that. Like in the discord server, we have roles about gender identity and all of those things. So then when you're addressing someone, you can address them correctly every time it's written down. They have a whole pile of notes attached to their profile. You can look at any time. And so, you know, it, it gets easier to address people, each other correctly because mm-hmm. all the information is there and you don't have to spend 30 minutes explaining it every time you interact with someone. It's just written down for you. It's great. <laughs> I love that. It feels like the genderful podcast in a way, it's kind of this container. And then, you know, within that container, mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's exploring all this wonderful special interests that we all have. I, I love the idea of special interests. It's like, when I first kind of explored my own neurodivergence, I was like, I don't think I'm autistic because I don't have a special interest. And my my whole family looked at me and I was like, hang on, let me think. Oh, humans, humans are my special interest. Everything <laughs> I've ever done, it's around understanding people, whether it's like oh my, my first degrees in linguistics and then, yeah. you know, studying to be a therapist. Oh, first I was a researcher and then studying to be a therapist. I was like, oh yeah, humans are endlessly fascinating to me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and what I love about that is I got two degrees in religion, I think for similar reasons. And (laughs) I also think part of that has to do with autism and trying to understand why I'm different from everyone else. Like, Mm -hmm. like why is there this default expectation and language and set of rules that both are and are not spoken um, that people seem to know, except for me. That I get in trouble because I'm not following the not spoken rules. Why is there rules? (laughs) Yes. I I was so glad to be out of academia. I felt that whenever I cracked one set of rules, there was another set of hidden rules Mm -hmm. that I could never crack even after 20 years. And (laughs) talk about that being stressful. Yeah. Uh, There's so much energy we can reclaim for other things. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not spending your whole day autistically masking, you can like, come up with cool ideas instead. Exactly. It's you can great. spend your energy doing 15 projects in one trench coat like you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as well, you know, your podcast, what was really interesting when I came as a guest on your podcast is that your podcast is kind of streamed on Twitch. And I will be very clear that I don't know anything about streaming. Uh, and you're a <laughs> Twitch affiliate and you're part of this Disabled Content Creators Collective on Twitch. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there, like you said, there's this whole community. It's not just the podcast. It's not just streaming. It's this whole community of people. So tell us a little bit more about what, 
you know, what does streaming mean for you? Like, why are you a Twitch affiliate? Why streaming? Um, yeah, let's start from there. I've got more questions, yeah. but let me ask yeah. one question at a time. <laughs> yeah. So what I love about um, live streaming is it it's hacks my perfectionism. Mm. Like, if you produce something live, you, it cannot be perfect. There's no way. It just can't be. Um, and I... So all the time that I would spend editing, making it perfect, sh polishing it up, making it, you know, whatever, I don't have to spend that time and energy anymore. It's like, Beautiful. well, what happened is what happened. We get to move on. And okay. Like, you know, the podcast itself, it's live streamed and we do edit it for publishing, but I mm -hmm. have some friends who are very generous with me and have decided to be my podcast editors. So I don't have to do that part because if I do that part, one, I'm not very proficient at operating the software Two, I will get so like inundated with trying to make it perfect that I don't make progress on things. Um, and so being able to hand that off to others who like, you know, if you're editing your own VODs, you, you, you may stumble into gender dysphoria as a trans person. If you have yes. vocal dysphoria, you're hearing your own voice, you're seeing your face. And if it's like, my face doesn't look to my eyes, how it does in my mind, you have all of this disconnect and you just get caught in spirals about it. And so, you know, one of the most beautiful things that's happened to me is trans people on the internet editing each other's VODs because we cannot stand to look at ourselves right now <laughs> for gender dysphoria reasons. So it's just like, I don't care what you look like. Like that doesn't affect my heart and soul. Like I'm here for you. I will compliment you on how handsome or beautiful you are, depending on your gender flavor. But like, you know, it's, it's not, it's different, right. Than your own stuff. Um, cause you don't, you don't have to deal with other people's inner critics. You only have to deal with your own. So, um, yeah, you that know, is, well, it's, it's just, mm -hmm. so yeah. So live streaming, you know, I, we do the talk show on Mondays and that's our like super gendery content. Um, but then the rest of the week, so we stream Monday through Thursday, um, we have like video games and sometimes it's cooperative with friends. And so then I get to hang out with friends on stream. And I, I grew up, um, I was born in 89. So I grew up in the nineties, um, playing video games and my sibling was there and we'd play together and I, I do the controller part and like, she would give me like instructions like, okay, try what, look at that thing over there that you missed or what about this? And so we'd like play it together. And, um, it's really nostalgic for me to be able to do that with other people and to share a game in that experience. You know, there's also folks who either aren't proficient enough at a particular game to play it themselves, or they don't have the money to buy mm -hmm. the game. And so then there's like community about it. Cause we all get to hang out together and have this shared experience. And because it's live, there's instant communication between me and the audience, right? It's not, I make a video, people leave comments. I come back a month later and there's a comment and I write back. It's, it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it really does feel like that living room of the like LGBTQ center where we're just vibing. Somebody turn the Xbox on. We're all sitting there, you know, eating chips, doing whatever. So it's, um, it's nice to have like a community space that's focused on fun. We also yeah. do a ton of activism and I'm sure we're going to get there soon, but like, you know, it's, it's nice to have it not only all be activism. It's nice to have fun and be relaxed and like practice play together as well. There's so many things to be stressed about, especially with how trans rights are going in the United States right now. Mm. And having a space where we're not ignoring that, but it's like, it's, it has its time and its place. And the rest of the time, you know, we're focused on fun and rest because that's what we need to regulate. 
is that rest and that fun. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what we do. It's, I don't know. I would almost call it sacred clowning, but I feel like I don't know enough about clowning to say that with authority. <laughs> I don't know if it's sacred clowning, but it sounds pretty sacred to me. Cause like you said that, you know, there's a lot to worry about. There is a lot to get stressed about uh, right now. And always I feel in a way, um, but having those spaces where we can just connect, where we can relax, where we can play games, like you said, is so important. And I also love what you said about live streaming hacks your perfectionism. I mean, that's mm. one of the reasons why I've done produce my own, A, I would be very bad at producing my own podcast <laughs> um, because uh, I'm not the most, uh, I am pretty good with technology, but I feel like I'm getting to the point where technology is just keeps growing and I'm getting older and it's harder to catch up. Um, but also I love what you said about gender dysphoria. Cause that's how I feel mm. whenever I listen, you know, people are always, Oh, I could listen to you for hours and I cannot stand to listen to my own podcast because I don't want to hear mm. my voice, you know, yeah. my guest voice. Great. But you know, whenever mm-hmm. I listen for a bit, I'm like, Oh, is that our sound? That's not our sound in my head, which is interestingly mm-hmm. both about gender and my accent with mm. English not being my first language, I always sound like I don't sound like I have a heavy accent in my head. But then when I listen mm. to myself, I'm like, oh, oh, that is so different from what I hear. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. that was a total tangent. So <laughs> No, it makes sense. It was just a response. It wasn't a total tangent. It was a response. Uh, yes. So let's let's go back to that piece of um um, also community building and mutual aid. You've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of mutual aid organizing, um, really supporting people, whether they're fundraising for uh, body modification interventions or other things. So yeah, how did that start? Was that organic from the community? Was it your idea? Yeah. Oh, how man. did it start? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that type of activity has just been in my heart and soul as long as I can remember, to be honest. It's just part of who I am. It's part of Mm -hmm. like, you know, for things to be right and fair in the world, we need to share. It's very Robin Hood. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so, you know, even as far back as that tabletop group, like Mm -hmm. there was a member in the community who had some like housing needs, like I need furniture, I need stuff. Like, and when you're trans, you know, chosen family, family of origin may or may Mm -hmm. not be cool with it. Sometimes you lose access to ancestral wealth. And that's a huge summary of that whole problem. But, um, you know, sometimes we have to do for ourselves what, what the rest of our society or family or other methods won't do, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a trans woman of color and you don't have access to funding and banking and whatever the way that a white able-bodied cis het person would. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, even, even as far back as then I was organizing our little D and D group to like collectively get some money together to help this person with some housing stuff. And so, you know, in any community, if you have a community that has any degree of like emotional intelligence and sharing and intimacy, um, people's needs are going to arise. You're going to hear about them because you're sharing about your life and that includes your struggles and your hardships. And so, um, you know, is, I mean, even as far back as two years ago, we were doing events for someone needed FFS. So we did a special stream to help raise money for her FFS. Um, you know, we, we 
did charity streams to try and raise money for like the the Black Trans Women's um, Network in the mm-hmm. greater Seattle area. Um, just all kinds of these little pieces. I've gotten better at this skill with time and practice because, um, you know, I've learned several things. One, um, anytime you donate to charity, there's always some of that money gets eaten up in fees, right? Because yeah. charities mm-hmm. have a burden of tax documentation. They have to do all of this stuff. Plus if they need their, they need to pay their staff. Right. Yep. Like, and that's general. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. right. And that's, that's not yeah. bad. Like those people are doing great work in the world. And if your option is nothing or charities, absolutely do charities. But there's this, this additional option that I would say many white people in particular don't know about. Um, there's plenty of other demographics and reasons you might not know about it, but I have noticed, especially in, in white spheres, we tend to go, Oh, I have extra money from work. I should give it to a charity. And it's like, there's this other thing though that you're not thinking about that maybe you mm-hmm. should consider. Um, and so I'm trying to lovingly invite our audience today to think about that. Um, so this other piece is called mutual aid. Um, and mutual aid is basically giving money directly to the person who needs it. You don't have an in between. You don't have a charity. You don't have, you know, a broker in the middle. Um, and yeah, you don't know how that person's going to spend that money at the end of the day, right? They might say they're going to do use it for X, Y, Z and then use it for ABC over there. But like, you know, all the, all the, the people know what they need. Exactly. And if they mm-hmm. are participating in community, if they show up, they communicate, you know, they know what they need. Just like me as a trans person, like I know what I need medically, like transition wise. I know what I'm looking for in a surgery. I don't want a surgeon who's going to offer me things that I'm not looking for. You know, I'm, I'm okay to hear options I haven't heard of or considered, but Mm -hmm. if I've made up my mind, I don't want to be talked into something else, like, because the surgeon's more comfortable with that option for whatever reason. And so similarly, all people have the dignity and human worth to know what they need and to be able to ask for it without a bunch of caveats, without a bunch of, well, we'll give you the money if you guarantee you spend it this way, if it's mm-hmm. like credit to a specific store or a specific place, whatever, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you, when you engage in mutual aid, you are giving the person who needs the money, that money directly. And often they get it faster than if they would go through these other charity based entities, because there's not all of that processing time. So exactly. the turnaround on our mm-hmm. events is somewhere between seven to 10 days because the payout is um, like, a, it's on a Monday and there has to be seven days since you did it. So mm-hmm. it might be, if you, if you do it on a Monday, it'll be the next Monday. If you do it on a Saturday, it'll be two Mondays from then. You know what I mean? It depends on where yeah. the week it lands, but you know, waiting, waiting 10 days is still way less waiting time than most charities. If, if you are a recipient of money from a charity, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not this, huge months long process and all of the paperwork and all the stuff. And so, you know, the other thing is like, you can raise money for anything if it's mutual mm-hmm. aid, like when it's a charity, they're pretty locked into whatever their topic or special focus or whatever is. And there's very specific rules about, well, we can pay for this, but we can't pay for travel yeah. or whatever it is. And so, you know, I founded this stream team called gender federation and our goal is to use is to put on mutual aid events to fund transgender affirming care, specifically surgeries. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of trans needs, including housing and HRT, but um, we're focused pretty heavily on surgery specifically because it's my experience personally that getting to have your procedure mm-hmm. um, or procedures, let's be real, there's almost all trans people could have more than one procedure mm-hmm. if they, you know, qualify medically, right? Some people have enough pre-existing conditions. They're not a good candidate for surgery, but for those who are seeking a top or a bottom surgery, um, you know, even if your insurance covers the procedure itself or 90% or 80% of the procedure itself, there's still time off work. There's still paying anyone who's going to help you. There's buying any sort of pillows, materials, binders, packers, like, Mm-hmm. other medical devices you need to take care of your body afterwards. There's the food, there's time away, there's travel to and from the hospital. Um, you know, if you need to stay in a hotel or an Airbnb for mm-hmm. one to four weeks or six weeks, even after your procedure, depending on how, you know, huge yeah. it is, you know, my wife's bottom surgery, I think we were in that town where the surgeon was at least two weeks. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had to travel out again three months later and, you mm-hmm. know, all of that. And so like, there's just all of this stuff that insurance doesn't cover. And if you are working class, like many, um, Audi HD people are right. Mm -hmm. Like we have a hard time getting high paying jobs because our brains are a certain flavor. And, um, the only wealthy Audi HD -er I have met is uh, software engineers. Basically the rest of us are just doing a hundred projects and we make beans and (laughs) we're lucky if we end up marrying a software engineer like I did. But mm-hmm. a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us tend to be working poor. That's we tend true. to be working class. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, taking multiple time off for surgeries can be hard. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, tell your physician, like, I want more than one surgery at one time or in one window of time so that I'm only taking off work the one time. And, you know, that has varying levels of approval or not, because some surgeons are like, I don't want to take that risk. You need yeah. healing time in between. And it's like, but I will literally not be able to have the other surgery ever or for five years because I can't take time off like that again. And so there's this, there's this microcosm of all these different pieces to consider at once. And, you know, different surgeons are, have different levels of willingness to Mm -hmm. accommodate that intersection. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. So why mutual aid mutual aid, because there's all of these type of needs that, you know, it's not as easy for a nonprofit to cover and flex and meet and it's faster, you know, um, mm-hmm. it still takes us time to plan the events, but, um, they still, you know, get the money directly. And there's so fewer hoops to jump through as well, right? Mm-hmm. Cause there can be so many hoops to jump through when it's a charity. And like you said, it's so restrictive where, you know, if you have surgery, maybe you need to get more takeout because you can't cook and, or you right. don't have enough local people to do a meal train or something like yeah. that. And so, yeah. yeah, there are all sorts of needs that are not covered by insurance and, um, yeah. And, uh, and I know how stressful it is when you, I was lucky enough to be in a job that allowed me to take the time I needed for top surgery. I was uh, still an academic at the time. And even then when I got back, I was exhausted. I couldn't do full days for like another two or three weeks. So Mm -hmm. it takes a long time to recover. And like you said, a lot of people, a lot of trans people are very underemployed. They're often in kind of more gig economy or paid hourly. And so there's actually, you know, no money coming in while they Mm -hmm. recover. And uh, we still live under capitalism. Rent has to be paid. 
Uh, yeah. Bills have to be paid and it's a lot. And um, I love that you do mutual aid um, kind of as part of this community. And like you said, it really is this kind of online LGBTQIA to Spirit Plus Center uh, mm-hmm. for trans and disabled folks. And um, I know that it's, you know, you have this kind of ethos, it looks like, that to really centers, you know, um, some of the people are most impacted, like trans disabled folks, folks of color. And mm-hmm. so how do you manage to maintain a community where there really is a sense of connection online? Because I think sometimes people online can feel a little bit disconnected from others or be a little bit sharper to other people because it's almost um, there's an aspect of not seeing people in their total humanity, maybe on social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. And so how do you manage to maintain a community that does center kind of care and respect and um, mutual support? Yeah. Great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I'd say it's twofold. The first part is, um, you know, the main sort of community conversations are either happening on my Twitch live streams or in the Discord server. Mm-hmm. And both of those spaces are moderated. That's why moderated is in my bio because, yes. you know, we have we have our community agreements and there are people keeping an eye out and calling people in or banning people if they're just being totally belligerent. But, um, you know, we have mods dragoning the space and taking care of us. And so like, you know, that plus my community tends to be neurodivergent, disabled, and trans, mm-hmm. often all three. Um, the the BIPOC piece is not as strong, um, but I'm white, so that's fair. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. We are we are <laughs> we are um, definitely anti-racist, and um, you know have components and pieces of the community that are tending to those pieces. And um, usually communities tend to reflect the leadership of the community. And so um, I am non-binary, transmasculine, autistic, ADHD, disabled, um, you know, in a couple, a couple of different flavors. Um, and so like I've, I have the power to make my community fit me, right? Mm-hmm. And so my community is friendly to people who are like me. And so, you know, we have a lot of autistic folks. So we use tone tags, which expresses, you know, what's the intention or tone behind this. And since so many of us mm-hmm. are autistic, there's not a lot of double language, secret, hidden agenda, whatever. Like if people are mad, they'll be like, you know, slash frustrated or something. Yeah. Like they'll just tell you straight up, like in the tone tag, like I'm mad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's more common is people get in their heads and have all of this, um, trauma from being in a neurotypical world. And so they think people are mad at them when no one is mad at them. That is way more common than people actually being mad at each other is <laughs> just the, like the, this anxiety, stress and fear of people being frustrated at each other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what comes with that. And so there's a lot of like, you know, people being able to say like, Hey, my, RSD is flaring, which that's a shorthand for rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which there's also arguments on the internet about if dysphoria is the right word. I'm not trying to get into that argument. It's just, that's the phrase people are using. I do think RSD is actually just trauma, but Mm -hmm. trauma is a big umbrella and um, RSD is an easier shorthand. So um, 
if someone's, you know, feeling rejected um, and the feelings that go with that, um, you know, we can communicate that or take space and come back later. And mm -hmm. the, the beauty of having an online community is it's always available. So you can take time and think about your response. That's part of why having community and writing is great because you can edit it. You can think about mm -hmm. it. You don't have to say the next thing that pops out of your mouth, regret it later. And you can't take it back. Right. Like you can actually mm -hmm. like figure it out. Um, and so it's moderated and our neurotypes are similar. And so our communication styles are similar. It's not identical, but like more than one of us are stimming. We even have a channel that's just about like noises and sounds and words that we think are fun to say because it's a stim. Yes. And so it's just like this like trans autistic joy land where we hang out and be all autistic at each other. <laughs> it's great. I love that. Trans autistic joy land. I, I think I want that on a t-shirt or something. That's amazing. <laughs> It's very I fun. mean, you do also have cute merch, I think, for Oh, thank the, you. So I was like, oh, that would fit in really well. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be giving away the um the cat hug um emote that's oh, it's like yes. this design that's so this is my mouse pad. But I'm going to be giving away stickers so with this design on it that say gender master at the bottom at Trans Pride Seattle um which is the middle of June. Kind of towards the end of June might be the fourth Friday in June in so Seattle. If, yeah. If you're in Seattle, go get Stop by the booth. Those, yeah. Those I'll are you so a cute, cute sticker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and for those yeah. of you who are listening, you'll just have to follow the links uh, in the episode description to go and look yeah. at all the um, cute merch if you want to. Yeah. But it was Millie um, tree has all the stuff. Exactly. I think the the map that you showed is like just the cutest drawing of a cat holding a heart with the non-binary uh, mm -hmm. flag. Yeah. And, and the cat is calico cute. because my cat is calico. Nefertiti. Makes sense. She's 11 this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Super cute. Super cute. So talking about care and community, I was thinking about the fact that you, you know, you mentioned you have two degrees in the divinity, right? In divinity mm -hmm. school or whatever. It, yeah. it almost sounds, in a way, it's an online kind of trans and queer center, but it almost sounds like, in a way, it's a kind of ministry. I don't know if that's the right word or spiritual care or spiritual community of some kind, just because of the element of care. I don't know. Does that fe ever yeah. feel like that to you or does it feel like totally I, separate? I yeah. think, I think like the energy of that is there, mm -hmm. but um, we are, we are definitely a multi-faith and or interfaith mm -hmm. community. Um, yeah. that's why I was like, have, I don't know if that's yeah, the right word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have exactly. a, we have a, like yeah. a spirituality channel. We have everything from pagans to Christians to mm -hmm. Jews to Muslims to, you know, haven't seen anyone post anything about Yoruba tradition. So that doesn't mean they're not around. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, we actually, a couple of us have been having a chat about, what if we had like pagan sabbats in the server and had like mm -hmm. full moon rituals in the server? And I, I have not gotten my act together to plan that. I wish I could just deputize some other person to plan that <laughs> and just show up. But um, I think I probably need to help out for at least the first one to three of them before we just mm -hmm. hand it off. That's something that I've noticed is I, 
I typically need to help with the design of a thing before it can become sort of automated and someone else can do it for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. So new things are often, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the hindrance. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it's a trusted person and they feel like they have a plan, I'm happy to just be like, go for it. But um, oftentimes I've noticed people are more likely to want to do things if there's already an outline there's already a plan that, that sort of sense. new new thought mm-hmm. creating a new thing is challenging for people but following a format is easier so um yeah yeah but i mean so my undergraduate degree is in comparative religion which is really studying people like i i i switched my degree four or five times before i picked religion i think i think psychology music theater and Gender studies would have been my major if that was offered as a major at the time. It was only a minor. Mm-hmm. They might have a major now. Um, but I do have a, mi- a minor in theater and gender studies on top of my religion major. Because <laughs> I can't pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super yeah. fun. I'm glad they immediately didn't have all those options. It's like, this is your degree. Because otherwise I would have like five or six minors. And our oldest is like, with our current joke with each other, including her, is that she just keeps adding minors to her degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I love that. That's but so it's fun. really fun. I was like, go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I, I, there's so many things I want to talk about, and I also want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to take a moment to like take a breath and kind of pick something to kind of um, ask you one more question around. Um, one of the things that you're part of is also this Disabled Content Creators Collective on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, could you say a little bit more to people who are listening and don't know anything about the Disabled Content Creators Collective? Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, why did it feel important for you to be part of yeah. it? All that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, so Twitch is a live streaming platform mm-hmm. and you have three different levels of users. You've got just a basic account and then you've got a Twitch affiliate, which means you have to hit certain milestones in terms of your streaming, right? Mm -hmm. So you have streamed seven days in a month. You have at least uh, 50 people following you, five zero, and you have a concurrent viewership of three people. Mm -hmm. So on average. So usually you want to aim for five to seven to get that, that average of, of three. Um, And then beyond that is, Twitch partner, which has even more challenging things, mm-hmm. uh, 75 concurrent viewership. Oof. I don't, th- I don't know if there's a follower, uh, requirement. Um, and there's also a bunch, of, you have to do a certain number of hours in a certain number of days, mm-hmm. but the, the concurrent viewership is often the most challenging for folks to hit mm-hmm. consistently enough for it to count. Cause it, I think it's over a full month that you need that viewership at, at a certain spot. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's this other thing on Twitch called Teams where you can create a group of people that are working together. You have a web page that's on Twitch's website that lists everyone who's on your team. And typically those teams will organize to support each other and do what folks have to do. Yes. (laughs) So because we are a disabled collective of people, um, we are more understanding about energy and spoons and being mm-hmm. inconsistent. A lot of teams are not as um, justice oriented around disability. And so they have other expectations because what the algorithm wants is consistency and a certain size, you know, a certain community size, a certain concurrent viewership. 
And so, um, you know, being on a team and with a group of people who work together, um, to make these things happen without, um, all of the expectations that a more able-bodied group would have is way better for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of a live stream, typically what you do is you raid a community. So you take your audience Mm -hmm. and you plonk them in front of whoever you choose to go see. Um, and so you can kind of build viewership like that. And so over this last weekend, I'll tell you about the event we just finished because it was mm-hmm. wildly successful and I would like to brag. <laughs> yes, go for it. I love a good brag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did an event with DC3, which is Disabled Content Creators Collective, mm-hmm. for my friend Kamesy, who's a streamer out of South Africa. And um, I don't know if you know this, Alex, but South Africa has had rolling blackouts Mm -hmm. every day for the last 16 years. It's called load shedding. It started in 2007 Mm -hmm. and um, anywhere from eight to 13 hours a day, Kimsey doesn't have power in her house every day of her life. And um, you know, it has to do with the infrastructure in South Africa and the reason the infrastructure is crumbling has a lot to do with governmental corruption. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a whole, a whole big sob story. (laughs) We have the, the ask video on Kamesy's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Kamesy spelled K A E M S I for anyone who'd like to go check out Kamesy's YouTube. But Kamesy's ask video is on there. It kind of explains the situation. And so we planned a big mutual aid raid train. So it was a combination of uh, the clouder, which is my community. And mm-hmm. um, my community is, is larger than average. Um, you know, I, at, at first I look like I'm a streamer and it's just me. But then if you stick around and pay attention, there's actually, I have like several friends that will stream to my channel for me. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm away for one of me or my wife's trans surgeries or whatever, like there's so many reasons. Right. And so, um, I almost run my channel. Like it's, um, a broadcasting network instead of just mm-hmm. a me channel. Um, and so, so this event was put on by the clouder, which is my, community. It was also put on by the Disabled Content Creators Collective, which is my stream team, which has a bunch mm-hmm. of different streamers in it. And then it was also put on by Plainsmeld, which is uh, these three streamers who decided to make one Discord server together because that's easier than each of them having to make their own and they're all friends <laughs> with each other. So yep. they kind of share the work of that community moderation and maintenance uh, with each other. And so those three, plus me and my crew, of people plus my stream team came together and recruited a bunch of our friends. And we had 27 streamers that streamed for, it was supposed to be 72 hours. It turned into 75 and a half hours because we added a marathon stream at the end. Um, And we raised, I just saw the numbers over $17,000 in a weekend. That's amazing. Which is ridiculous. So, and we, we funded all of Kamesy's goals, including the stretch goals for like stuff for streaming hardware. And then we like, we're, we were like, as our pie in the sky, we're like, and if we, all of these needs are met, maybe we can buy a Nintendo Switch and Zelda for Kamesy because all of us have been really wanting to see Kamesy play yes. Zelda games, but there just haven't been the games to play. And so, um, so we even got that in the budget. It was amazing. Um, and so, um, the last stream of this big raid train, we told folks, you know, if we hit these milestones, um, we'll add time to the final stream. That'll be your incentive. 
Mm-hmm. And chat decided to be amazing and do that. And it was like the day before I was like, look, I was making a budget and I was like looking up what's all the streamer gear that KMZ needs. Let's price it out in Rand, which is the South African currency, yep. how to like translate that into us dollars and then add 15% for like taxes and mm-hmm. like Wire foreign exchange fees yeah. Yeah. and all mm-hmm. of, all of that other stuff. And so it was just like, I had to do a big math TM and I am not a math gay. Thankfully, there are math gays who are around and they made me very fancy spreadsheets and I just had to plug and drop things. And I was like, thank you, math gays. Yes. <laughs> Everything so needs one of those. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I came up with a budget. We, we like, I recorded a new incentives video in the middle of the night and my son even put captions on it for me at like three in the morning. And um, there came a point where I realized that the during that time when I was doing all of that, the community without being incentivized further was already hitting some of those goals. And I realized, um, heck, we're going to run out of stuff for people to throw money at, which is fine. <laughs> but also, um, I, I also realized there's a lot of energy in the community at that moment. And I had a mm-hmm. chance to um, throw out and ask for something that I've been waiting six to 12 months for, which is a wheelchair. Mm. And so, and so at three or four in the morning in my pajamas in the living room, <laughs> I'm very tired and I just held my phone up to my face and record a short video. That's me explaining, you know, Hey everyone, I need a wheelchair. I've, I started fundraising crowdfunding for it back in November. Pride is next month. I would like to have the chair for pride because it'll make tabling at trans pride a lot easier for me to participate mm-hmm. and be present. And, um, and so we like threw it in, in that last, the last three hours of this 72 hour event and the community decided to go hard. And one, one of the anonymous donations was over a thousand dollars. It was like a thousand and twenty dollars or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so we raised like an additional two or three grand. I think it was 2.2, maybe thousand dollars for my wheelchair, like as an add on, like that wasn't even what we'd been planning, like whatever, mm-hmm. but we literally ran out of things for KMZ that we could think of. And <laughs> It was like, well, I was going to plan this mutual aid event in two weeks, but my mm-hmm. wife's having surgery on Friday, which is still true. Like in two days, we leave yeah. tomorrow to sleep overnight in the city where Ooh. it's happening. Um, you know, my wife's having surgery on Friday and I'm actually not going to have the time to plan this event. I was so that I have the chair for pride. So like this might be our moment if you're willing and the crowd is willing. So I even said in my video, like, I know your wallets are tired. Like if we don't do this now, I'll just do a thing later about it. But if you're willing, here's my need. And, you know, it was, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I totally cried on stream because not only was it just amazing that we funded Keynesy's thing, but like, I thought I was going to have to do all this additional work for my thing. And it's like, no, actually you can just put them together and we'll, we'll just fund both of them for the lols. And so like, it was so wild. It was so, it was so amazing. And, um, you know, I, it, it made me realize that there are some strategies about this mutual aid fundraising thing where you have streams, you have milestones and incentives mm-hmm. on each stream. So each streamer and their micro communities have their goal, right? Which was $120 an hour. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they would set their goals and their milestones based on that amount. But there were some streamers that are bigger names or have bigger communities yeah. that way overshot that goal. And so mm-hmm. even, even there, there might've been two or three of our 27 streamers that didn't hit their goal. But the the bigger streamers and the bigger energy of the event, like it didn't matter. Like we carried through and we got all of our stuff met and, you know, it, um, it made me realize, you know, in the future in organizing events for my stream team, the Disabled Content Creators Collective, what if we had a group of us who 
you know, let's get, let's get six people who need wheelchairs together. Mm-hmm. And maybe one or two of those people yes. are well-known and well-loved. Mm-hmm. And maybe four of those people are unknown entities. They're on the team, but people don't know them because they're small streamers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard for them to get on stream for whatever their disability reasons are, what have you. But people are going to love those one to two big names enough that they're going to go hard for those people. And all of those little guys, quote unquote, are going to, going to get the benefit of that energy, even though they're not big names. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it makes me think of opening acts for major like concert events, yes, right? Absolutely. Like, some mm-hmm. unknown person is on stage and all of a sudden they're getting all of this exposure because everyone's there to see Lizzo. And so it's like, Oh, well now we know about you too. You know, yes. like, and we're going to buy um, your CDs. That's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's just, you know, finding ways to use community and working mm-hmm. together to get these needs solved. Because if everyone does their own individual event, that goes one way. But if we pull not only our energy together, but like our social communities together, not only are we raising the money piece, which is kind of where it starts, but there's this community of people that gets formed in the the pressure and intensity of the event, right? Because we're working really hard together for a, a focused amount of time um, that like those communities, like we tend to visit each other's channels more often ever since mm-hmm. the event. We tend to like support each other in an ongoing way, whatever that is, you know, like, with, oh yeah, sure. I can start modding for your community. Oh yeah. I can raid into your channel. Oh my gosh. So-and-so is live. Let's go say hi to them. Like there's just this, like it's building community. It's building connection. It's building our web of care. And because it's online, like it's not as vulnerable to physical attack, right? Mm -hmm. Which is me getting back to the politics in the United States. So that's one of the major differences between having an online community, be it trans disabled, Mm -hmm. both or, or something else like by being uh, physically in different locations, it is much harder to tear the entire thing down. Absolutely. It is much harder for any one of any one and like organization to lose Mm -hmm. all of its steam because we're like my gender master crew, like we're in Japan, we're in Germany, we're in Canada, Mm -hmm. we're in the United States. Um, we're in South Africa, (laughs) like we're all over the place. And, um, you know, we're in the UK There's a bunch of people in the UK. Um, I know I'm forgetting countries. So if any of my clutter contributors are listening right now, I'm sorry if I forgot your spot. Um, but it's just, it's so beautiful to have this international community of people who love each other and like work together on things. Mm-hmm. It feels really special. Um, yeah. You know, two, two or three years ago, I was uh, working at the family business. And frankly, I don't know if I could have transitioned while I worked there. Mm-hmm. Like I was already going by my name and my pronouns, but mm-hmm. I don't think I could have medically transitioned while I worked there because, you know, the person in charge of HR was this, Catholic guy who teased me about my pronouns when I was like, Hey, could we do pronouns in our email signatures? He actually like ridiculed me. I'm sorry. (laughs) And my father, the president, like, in my opinion, did not do an adequate job of correcting him. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was not really, wasn't, I don't feel like there was a strong enough call out or call in or you need to go learn some things or we're going to have a training about gender stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, Meowster isn't going to be the one teaching it. Like we're going to get a specialist in here to train everybody. Like none of that happened. Um, And so like, thank goodness my wife came along and introduced herself at a summer solstice ritual that I invited her to. Oh, lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like, 
she, it was really hard to leave that job, but Mm. we had a long talk about it and we decided that she earns enough money that she could support the both of us. And never in my life did I imagine I would be a house spouse. Like Mm -hmm. I always thought I was going to be, I was going to be poor and working hard. And my partner was also going to be poor and working hard. We were just going to do our best. And that was my plan for my life. And like the universe decided, um, how about we give you a wife who is not only hot, but also incredibly smart and has a great job and loves you wildly. And you can just do your thing. It's like every day I wake up, I'm so grateful for that. Mm. Like, series of events that led to me being in the situation I'm in right now. And so every workday I show up and advocate hard for the trans community because I know, I know not every trans person has the type of privilege that I do. Not every trans person has the type of financial security or support from their spouse or partner or family that I do. And so I fight hard for everyone else who doesn't have the kind of support I do because I would hope if the roles were reversed, that whoever else was in a position of privilege would fight for me too. I'm still disabled and trans. Like I'm not the most privileged, but I have a lot of privilege comparatively. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, that's why I go hard at work because it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's a special interest almost level of thing. I love that. And I think that that is a reminder for <laughs> that we're getting towards the end of our time, yes. which is a beautiful place also to land on to land to the in this place of like care and support and now you're taking your care and support and then bringing it out into the world yeah yeah is there anything that um the last question i always ask is there anything that we haven't talked about that you really wanted to share with the gender stories listeners and if there isn't it's okay i'd always Mm. like to ask just in case i missed anything um you know, one of our newest things that I'm not very good at talking about <laughs> is our Substack. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a piece of writing that goes out. I think it's every week. Um, my, my co-conspirator Lee puts those out. It, it's pronouns for Lee. Um, and it collects, collects like we have our solidarity resources piece, which has mm-hmm. to do with intersectional solidarity resource information. We also have, um, the writing about what's going on with the clouder. And um, hopefully soon we will also have a monthly piece that goes out about um, our past genderful guests. So like, hopefully you Alex will perhaps receive a monthly email. That's like, Hey, do you have Mm -hmm. any projects you want us to tell the clouder about? Mm -hmm. And so our Substack is a great way for folks to get sort of that written digest in your inbox about what's happening. Mm -hmm. If you're not really a discord person, if you're like, I don't know about Twitch, but you, you want to be included. And um, I believe at least some of that writing has voiceover. I don't know if the solidarity resource posts do or not, and I could go ask about that. Um, but we we do try to make it as accessible as possible. So of course, if at any time you notice an accessibility need, let us know, and we will do our best to do something with that. Um, one of the one of the most supportive things any of the listeners could do um, is go drop follows and likes and subscribes Mm -hmm. places. Like even if you don't have the money to support the work that we're getting up to, which, you know, we also need money. Um, we need to pay for the software we use. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't personally take a paycheck right now because my contributors are working so hard that if we have a little money left over for payroll, I would rather tip Mm -hmm. them, you know, $10 across the 20 of them or whatever, instead of me taking money home. Um, 
one time I did, and it's because my wife was having surgery and we didn't have her paycheck. And so it was like, mm-hmm. it was the time, but I think, I, I think in three years I've taken home about a thousand dollars from this project. So it's, it's, this is not about put money in master's pockets. This really yeah. is about, you know, just keeping the community going and um, those sorts of things. So, I mean, people, if anyone who supports on Patreon, like that is recurring income we can count on. And if we hit a certain threshold on Patreon, we are hoping to be able to pay our talk show guests um, for mm-hmm. their time and energy. And I would love to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, drop a subscribe on YouTube. We're about 300 subscriptions away from half of the requirements for monetizing on YouTube. You know, we're already putting all this Mm -hmm. energy and all this time to publish there. Wouldn't it be great if we could earn ad revenue or something, you know, like to feed our cats or pay for our HRT or whatever, Um, you know, drop a follow on the sub stack, leave a comment. Lee works really hard on those sub stacks and almost no one is commenting on them because everyone's used to the audio video Mm -hmm. stuff. And so if anyone is more of a writing person, like, you know, leaving a comment, even if it's not every, every single one is really a thoughtful thing to do. Um, you know, if you'd like to be included in the community and get the the fastest updates about events, being in the Discord server is the best way to hear announcements about live events you can be joining. You know, we have events in the server in addition to on the Twitch stream. Um, and you can drop follows for the, the Twitch channel and all the social media channels too. There, It's all in the link tree, which Alex has and will hopefully put in the description for you all. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Linktr.ee forward slash gender meowster is that link tree. Um, and it's possible we'll be adding more stuff that I haven't talked about today since the recording of this. Like if you're ch- hearing this a year from now, check the link tree. There might be like a whole new thing I didn't even mention. <laughs> Exactly. Who knows? Maybe it will be 16 or 20 projects in a trench coat yes, next year. Yes, and we'll exactly. have to have you on the show again. I will put I that link that. tree link uh, in the episode description on YouTube, on the episode description, because now we're both on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Nice. And thank you so much. I feel this interview was so full of community care and trans autistic disabled joy. And just like my heart is really full and Aww. I'm really grateful for for your time and all the beautiful community care that you provide. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on Gender Stories and sharing all the beautiful work you do with us. Thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to this show and leave five stars. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And don't forget to subscribe to Gender Meisters show and the Genderful podcast and the Substack and all the things. 